0: Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the ambassador of common sense, and I'm here with...
1: Dan, the ambassador of nonsense.
0: Welcome everyone. And today we are uh, talking about a, like, not a controversial subject, but I guess it is for some people. Some like people, if you talk yeah, to, take
1: controversy with it.
0: <laughs> I think Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Messianic Adventists. And mm-hmm. Seventh Day Adventists, which I see, I don't. Those are the Mormons, aren't they? No, Is there, the Nor- okay. Mormons
1: are uh, Latter Day Saints. Oh, yeah, Different, okay, Latter Day. Yeah.
0: But I think Mormons observe Sabbath on Saturday, also.
1: Oh, do they? Oh, have for some, some reason I out. thought they
0: did, but maybe I'm some wrong. That
1: my son has been trying to convert some Mormons. Actually, they think they're trying to convert him, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, at some point you might owe it to them to just say, guys, I'm not going to become Mormon. Because he's like officially, he's following their official, like they meet every so often and and they go through lessons with him and stuff. And he's yeah. always, what he's always doing is researching to come up with with the um, questions he can ask to sort of clue them in um, about how silly some of their stuff is. <laughs> oh,
0: You know, I had a group, I'll, I'll get a group of, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses every now and then. You know, one will show up and say, well, can I, can I ask you some questions or can I talk to you? And I'll be like, yeah, come on back. And, yep. And then they'll come back and sit down and and have some coffee. They'll give their spew and I've, I just, I mean, I just answer them or, or ask questions. Mm -hmm. And I'll, a lot of times they'll say, well, can I bring back, can i come back with someone and so i guess they think you know i need the big dogs and so they yeah. come back with like a higher up i guess or maybe some kind of mentor mm-hmm. and then uh they might try one or two times that way and then finally they just stop coming back yeah yeah but That's, i had one well, you group know- bring four people once wow
1: they're ganging up on you <laughs> yeah they
0: they thought they would if we have enough people we can uh, somehow overcome the catholic argument
1: well you know I, I think i think those jehovah's witnesses must must be they must have like a group there in your area because um i remember aunt berta and uh, grandma used to always have those watchtower magazines that you know they were just too polite not to accept that's that's the and jehovah's swallowing. witnesses right
0: um, no, but this was uh, this was in E Town.
1: Oh, not not at uh, where you are now. Okay. Do you know okay. I've never had one come here?
0: No, oh, that's funny. Teresa said she had them all the time. They would all like pretend not to be home or whatever. Um, well, you know one. what? Maybe as
1: soon as they find out that Teresa's not there anymore and it's somebody new, yeah, they're say, trying hey, to find hey, her. Let's check them out
0: in Westchester now, and mm-hmm. they're. I don't know. I'd be, maybe they know who I am because that group of four came back in E-town. Um, oh, maybe it's like, oh, it's him. <laughs> I couldn't actually talk to him that day. I was in the middle of, uh, I was, I had the forge going and I'm, I was making oh, a tomahawk okay. out of a, uh, railroad spike. And so they showed up. I saw Did someone you was there and I walked to- out.
1: Yeah, I was like, kind of well, like, hey, you can walk with me. I've got some work to do. <laughs> and here I said, you can talk while I'm tumult. working, but I, <laughs> and, uh... and they're standing around thinking, who the heck is this guy?
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's, they, they left and never came back after that.
1: <laughs> Probably thought you were making some kind of subtle threat or something. Yeah, which I wasn't. I was, was just, I was in the t- I know, of you work. Made, and... You made all of us one of those. <laughs>
0: Jeez, yeah so it was but they never came back after that and i've never seen one here at this house and we've been here for like two or three years now
1: well yeah well you know when i was in shelbyville a um i would see these the the mormons walking around they walk around in pairs and uh you know they take there's this is kind of like part of their i think um part of their their process that you know how as Catholics we have a sacramental process and at certain ages you do different things and you got yeah you know finally you got confession and and that kind of stuff and I think this is kind of one of theirs that they have to walk around and knock on doors and do door-to-door um proselytizing like that um oh. and because it, it was young men that I saw and they 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 were dressed in their, their suits and With and the they had shirts. those 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 backpack water bottles with the, the yeah. little, you know, sippy thing over the shoulder and, and they would be These walking are so around. Gay. So, <laughs> so they came to my door and I was like, yeah, come on in, you know, I'll pour some coffee. Well, it's kind of a joke because Mormons aren't allowed to drink caffeine drinks. Really? And, um, yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't yeah, know that. That's one of the that things. Stinks. It's now a guy who, that's who dumb. I knew and was, you know, I'm, I was pretty good friends with him. Um, when I worked up there and, um, uh Westchester, well, it wasn't in Westchester that I worked, but I lived there while I worked there. Uh But he said that the coffee or uh, caffeine, tobacco, and there's something else that they're not allowed to have. Um He said it's, it's not that those, that the way he explained it is that those particular substances aren't somehow like intrinsically evil, you know, before God or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just that those are the things that God calls them to do. To set themselves aside and apart from the rest of society, which the Jews, you know, before Christianity yeah. had certain things that were like that as well, that God asked them to do. That, Like pork, for example, um, you know, is right. inherently unclean, but God asked them, okay, you guys stay away from pork. And that was one of the ways that it set them aside um, as a people, which kind of almost brings us to our topic, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So... God asked the Jews but God asked everyone. I mean it was part of the 10 commandments.
1: You know that's that's an interesting thing cuz I was set- reflecting on that. Yeah. It it kind of is the the third commandment is kind of a hinge between the moral law that applies to everybody and the Jewish ritual law. Because it's a moral law that you have to to take a regular schedule for yourself. it's like Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath and mm-hmm. so it's part of the natural law and therefore the moral law that you have to set aside time um, to focus on your creator and your relationship with him and and you know to worship or whatever that you know whatever that might mean in any kind of context. Uh, to say I'm going to put aside the daily concerns of work and so forth, and um, and engage in worship, and um, and even aside from the worship, just the rest aspect, I'm going to rest from doing labor on a uh, on a schedule, so some kind of um, regular periodic schedule. Well, the fact that it's seven days may or may not be part of the natural law. But if you say, well, every, you know, every 35 days we're going to take a day of rest, that's obviously not going to be real useful. On the other hand, if you say, well, we're going to do it every, you know, third day, it's going to be a day of rest. You're getting kind of silly. Um, So, you know, somewhere around seven seems right and fitting, uh, whether it's strictly part of the natural law that it's exactly seven, but some kind of period. And once you establish that it is specifically seven, Whether that particular day of rest, you know, links up particularly with, you know, the Jewish calendar of Sabbath that, uh, corresponded to the seventh day of the week, according to their reckoning, um, from the time when, when God started commanding that they would work for six days and rest on the seventh, that's the Jewish ritual aspect of it. That even if you, even if you get seven out of the moral law, the fact that it's this particular day out of the seven, well, that's ritualistic. That's, you know, what God was calling the Jews to do. Um, and so, and yet, it is in the Ten Commandments. So it that's why I Ten kind of think of that commandment. I, what is, I don't as this hinge.
0: get is, so, okay, because it's in the Ten Commandments, we can see that from a very early on, the Jews recognized as a week as divided into seven days. Yes. Um, which, I mean, we call it a week, but it could be called anything. It's just that they recognized there were seven days. A seven-day cycle, yeah. that would somehow fit into the calendar. Now, what you called the first day and the second and the sixth or the seventh, I mean, that's kind of arbitrary. It. I could say my week starts on Wednesday.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, 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 and it's so like it was right, and, and it was so it was even, up I to I a don't even Jewish... know if they had names for the days, they just had yeah. they knew it as the seventh day, and it was the seventh day because on the one hand, God commanded on the seventh day. You know, the 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 labor came first, and the rest came after. Yeah. Uh and in the one place where God gives it as a commandment he gives it in relation to bringing them out of the land of Egypt. And in the other place, he gives it in relation to him completing the work of, of creating the world in six days yeah. and then stopping on the seventh. Um, But can and you, so yeah, the, mm-hmm, go ahead. There's
0: no way to to say that as the Jews came out of Egypt. Um, Okay. Let's see if you would say after they've, arrived at the promised land however many thousands of years ago that is there's no you couldn't take seven days and go back in groups of seven until you get to that time period and say it was definitely sunday or saturday that they were not laboring you know what i mean the calendar has changed several times since then it's like it's not the same sabbath it's not, but you know, I don't, I don't think people that we're sticklers you know, about this, as if that's a as if point. there's a but, God-appointed seventh day, and that's just silly.
1: But you know, I think, I think that for the Jews, it probably does hearken back because that's even when they were in their exiles um, after they were dispersed from the Promised Land because they wouldn't um, they. Were, they worshipped idols and and all kinds of stuff and and uh, sacrificed their children to Moloch and everything. And so God dispersed them to you know to to Babylon and and As- Assyria and and all those places. Well, even there, you, there were those who remained faithful. And one of the things that no matter where they went, always set them apart was their refusal to work on the seventh day. And they maintained that strict six days and then rest and six days and then rest cycle. And I would be willing to bet that the Jewish Sabbath today, Saturday, actually does week for week, seven day to seven day matchup all the way back to the time of Christ. Now, I don't know if anybody's done any scholarly work on that. I would be really interested to see that because I never thought of that before. I've always thought about that
0: when people say, well, it's not. The, it's like, how do you know it's the seventh day? How do you know that Saturday is the seventh day? Maybe. Yeah. How do you if know you, that, that your seventh? day is At some day point, they the decided to change calendars, day. right? They're not using the exact same calendar.
1: Yeah, but I thought when they did that, they did it in a way that and what kept about the week leap years? They didn't have a leap year. No, but I, I think they did it in a way that kept the weeks synchronized. In other words, I don't think they interrupted the 7-day cycle. But they're not to change the calendar. They're
0: not synchronized.
1: What do you mean? We, I don't I don't it, think When did the, when was leap year introduced? That yeah, with, introduces with one
0: other day. One I know, but it day. doesn't
1: inter, it but it doesn't introduce a new day in the weekly cycle. In other words, Oh. Okay. Uh, let's let's yeah, assume they right. had the days of the weeks Thursday always followed Wednesday. I don't think they ever introduced and said, "Okay, everybody, get ready. We're going to skip a day, and it's going to be Friday after Wednesday this once, or anything like that." Well, it's a possibility, but it's certainly not. It is possibility. possibility. I I would like to see work on that. I wonder if anybody's researched that.
0: I've always wondered that, and I've always thought it. I mean, the seventh day is could be arbitrary. It's whatever day you decide is the seventh day. Yeah. Or yeah. people who are and in charge the... of things like calendars, it's what they decide. So right. whether you want to say we rest on the first day or the seventh day kind of doesn't matter. It's the point is that it's one day out of every
1: week. Yes, in terms of the moral law. Yeah. And to that degree, The, you know, the Jewish identification of the seventh day or even not just the identification of a seventh day, but the idea that it's the seventh day is somewhat arbitrary to the Jews. It's ritualistic for them and it's commanded by God to be that way. And God relates it to his creation of the world and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's a rich, that aspect of it is a ritualistic aspect rather than a natural law moral aspect. And it's that way for the church too. The fact that we take Sundays and make them special, we do it for good reasons. Christ rose on a Sunday. Uh, the Holy Spirit came to the apostles on a Sunday. Um, Sunday, you know, the first day, we call it the first day because it's the first day of the new creation. Um, and when Christ rose, that's when we say he came into his rest, the very rest that represents the covenant rest that, that God offers, uh, sort of prefigures in the Sabbath, but then is complete now rather than being in the Sabbath. It's complete in yeah. Christ and his new creation. So, but even then that, that idea that, Oh, we're going to take the first day and that's going to be our day. That's a somewhat arbitrary, but ritual aspect now established by the church rather than by the Jewish law. Yeah. Uh aspect of it. Whereas, like you said, the routine of it, the periodicity of it, that's the moral law. Of course, the seven
0: the seven days is really um one quarter
1: of a moon uh of a lunar cycle. So yeah, there so is it's that kind of like part four of times it. per moon and stuff like that. Um there
0: is a natural phenomenon that goes There's with a, it. a
1: cadence that it makes sense
0: and for. I, I as far as I know it's been that way as far back as we can go it's not like it's not like we would have lost a day there right as far as but, I know
1: well I yeah but the the lunar cycle even the lunar cycle though it's it, we say okay it's 28 days but it's not I don't think it's perfectly that to the I hour I think even the lunar cycle slides um, somewhat so so that you know a full moon, is not always on the same day of the week. For example, not, where it I, would be if it was perfectly twenty-eight days per lunar cycle.
0: I'm gonna look that up.
1: Are you gonna? If you're gonna prove me wrong, that would be very interesting.
0: Uh, Last slightly over twenty-seven days. Okay, you're right. So, so it but still, it isn't. Like, isn't it? Exa- it's not exactly.
1: But it's okay. close enough, like you said, to establish it as a natural cadence. Yeah. So okay. So anyway.
0: You know what? I don't even know. Okay. We started with God commanding. Um, he does it in several different ways. As, mm-hmm. the, as the commandment, he says, uh, remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. Six days you'll labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath. Um, you shall not do any work or your servants or anyone, any foreigners in your towns. Um and then it harkens yeah. back to the, the six days that God labored on the universe and then rested on the Sabbath day. Um, that is in Exodus. Mm-hmm. And it's, now it's mentioned in Genesis, but not as a Sabbath. It just says that he rested on the seventh day. Um, yeah. so and then the, it's right. mentioned in Deuteronomy again as the commandment.
1: Um, In fact, in Exodus, um, is where, if I'm not mistaken, he actually, uh, ties it to the manna that he sends down. So he's, he, cause he tells them only gather one day's worth of manna at a time, but on the sixth day, gather two days worth of manna because you're not going to get any on the seventh day because that's a day of rest.
0: Uh, so Exodus 16 is the manna. And mm-hmm. Exodus 20 is the 10 commandments. So it's before he's even given them the commandments that he says, um, that he says he's going to tell, that he tells people not to gather on the seventh day. Right.
1: That's, I think of it as the proto commandment okay. because it's, he yeah. gives that before he gives any other commandments. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then, uh, I mean, look, God creates everyone. He creates them perfectly. We screw it up. And so he makes this covenant with, and he starts it by making it with the Jews. He's going to save mankind through the Jewish people. And, right. uh, and so he does it. Um, we have the new Adam, Jesus Christ, who is, um, here to kind of cleanse us or at least make make it so that we can escape damnation um and it, it it's considered the new creation i get we already see we went through this already but we were doing it in passing when we were talking about different things but that is the new creation right. of mankind it's the salvation of mankind so there would be a new day of rest because that's when Jesus rose and he's no longer in hell leading people out of hell
1: right right and his resurrection is in a sense the completion of the work of salvation it's yeah. it, it's as it's as though cuz think of think of the original creation of Adam in the garden there was no even though in a sense the the natural law existed there was no um, concept or use for even the idea of a Sabbath before the fall. Everything Adam and Eve needed were in the garden. They could get anything they needed. And, and it would have been that way for all mankind throughout the entire everything earth was as, rest. as they multiplied everything. Yeah. The, the whole, all of their life was the rest that God intended them to have for all eternity. Well, they lost that. And that's where the need for the third commandment and the Sabbath came into play. Now, Christ brings forth the new creation, and it is our eternal rest. I, you know, we, we don't experience it eternally until we leave this earth, but it's yeah. the covenanted rest that God promises that the Sabbath foreshadows in Christ as a new creation. And this new creation, just like the original creation, was itself a rest and so we rest on the day of the new creation, the first day. And that's our day of rest to commemorate Christ's new creation by yeah. rising from the dead. And if you really want And then later, when the Holy Spirit came to the apostles on a Sunday, giving birth to the church. And if, if
0: you're stuck on that seventh day, you could just rearrange your calendar a little bit and you can just call Sunday the seventh day.
1: You could... But then you wouldn't be we a very do good start Christian. The, because uh, we really do. Well, then you wouldn't be a good Christian because we really do, uh, make Sunday our, the yeah. Lord's day because it's the first day. In fact, it's referred to scripturally that way, you know, with reason. Mm hmm. One day they b- begin
0: seeing Sunday as the Sabbath. Or well, first the of all, let's, day. let's
1: clarify that, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the Sabbath because the, the word Sabbath still refers to the seventh day. Oh, okay. And is part of the old law. Um, and so what they did, the, the, the apostles, they, they, didn't say, they didn't start calling Sunday the Sabbath. They called it the Lord's day. This is apostolic. This isn't something that, that didn't creep up until, you know, uh, 300 AD or something like that. This is yeah. apostolic times. In the times of the apostles, as evident in the Bible, they're referring to it as the Lord's Day,
0: and they did this. They refer
1: to breaking bread on the Lord's Day.
0: Where did they do that?
1: So, for example, um, in uh, let's—I'll give you an example: Corinthians, um, First Corinthians, sixteen. Uh let's see 1 to 2 Yeah at the very beginning of Corinthians um I've got I've got a physical Bible that's why I'm searching around here. Oh okay. Okay. Uh this is just an example. I'll give you another example in a minute. Now concerning the contribution for the saints where is it? He's he's talked this is Corinthians 16 at right at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 16 St. Paul's writing to the okay. Corinthians. And what they're doing is they're collecting from various churches for the poor in Jerusalem. And they refer to them as the saints, but they mean the poor in Jerusalem, the poor Christians in Jerusalem. Now concerning the contribution for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also, because he said the same thing to, to the Galatians, so you also are to do, which is to collect money. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that contributions need not be made when I come. So it'll all be there, and then he can come around and gather it. Now, why the first day of the week? Because that's when they're gathering. They would gather yeah. in people's houses and break bread. Now, we can see that again, uh, actually earlier, in uh, Acts 20. If we look at Acts 27, it's talking about Paul. Um, it says, on the first day of the week... When we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, so Yeah. it's the first day of the week that they gather to break bread. Now, several times it talks about them going into the synagogues, um, or if they're in Jerusalem, even the temple, um, on the Sabbath in order to preach. But that's not because that's when the, that wasn't because they need felt like they needed to observe the sabbath it was because that's when the jews were gathered whom they wanted that's, to convert and so that's, yeah, that's when they when would they go preach to audience. the jews now yeah. i've got i've got two more and these are um apocryphal uh they're not biblical but they are authoritative uh in in how they indicate The minds of Christians at the time. Um, The first one is the Didache, which is a sort of a compendium of uh, rules for how they, um, you know, live the Christian life. This is around 70 AD. So this is within the lifetimes of some of the apostles. And it says, but every Lord's Day, and the Lord's Day was the first day of the week when Jesus rose, gather yourselves together and break bread. And give thanksgiving after having confessed your transgressions, that your sacrifice, their sacrificing on the Lord's Day, not on the Sabbath, may be pure. But let no one that is at variance with his fellow come together with you until they be reconciled, that your sacrifice may not be profaned. And of course, they're talking about the sacrifice of the mass. Yeah, uh, There's also a letter of uh, Barnabas, the, the companion of Paul, um, who traveled with him on some of his mission journeys. And it's kind of interesting how he words it. He says, we keep the eighth day with joyfulness, the day also on which Jesus rose again from the dead. Instead of referring to it as the first day, he refers to it as the eighth day, the day following the Sabbath, which is when God established his new creation. So he's got the old. Right. And, and, and he, I think, and it's, again, this is apocryphal. But I think he's doing this because he, along with Paul, would have understood that it's not just, there's a distinction to be drawn between the old creation and the new creation. So by calling it the eighth day, he's showing that there's something prior to it, but that's the old creation that needs to be put away. We're leaving that and we're entering into the new creation. And so that's why we keep the Lord's day on the, you know, after the Sabbath on the first day or the eighth day or whatever, when Jesus rose from the dead. So, those are some examples showing that it's the first day of the week, what they called the Lord's Day, that people gathered for what they considered their Christian duty. They, you know, to break bread. Um, right. As part worship. of Christian worship.
0: Sacrifice.
1: Yeah. Now, there's also um, a few verses that demonstrate um, that the observance of the Jewish law, including the Sabbath, was not expected of Christians. Um, now, they might observe, if they were, for example, converted Jews, they might continue to observe certain aspects of the Jewish rituals, um, mm-hmm. in especially in order to place themselves among other Jews that they could then convert or something like that. But it wasn't required, and for Gentiles who would convert, they weren't required to adhere to any aspect of the Jewish ritual code. And we see that in the first council of the church, the Council of Jerusalem. If you remember, um, some of the Gentiles who were converting were being told by local Jewish priests who had also converted to Christianity, hey, if you want to be saved, yes, you have to come believe in Jesus Christ, but you also got to be circumcised and start observing the Jewish law as well. And so this was becoming a concern. And so the apostles met at Jerusalem and, um, James, who was the, um, he was the apostle of Jerusalem. Um, and so if he, he was hosting the council, so to speak. So he kind of spoke on behalf of the rest of them. He says, um, My judge, therefore my judgment, after he kind of summed up what everybody said, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the pollutions of idols and from unchastity and from what is strangled and from blood. Four things. That's all they were going to demand of them. And three of them had to do with idols. And so even though idols are nothing, or they're demons, but even though yeah. you know the sacrifice to idols um, you know it's it's like uh, the angel told uh, Peter in the dream you know whatever whatever God has made don't let yourself consider that unclean but they're still being told hey, stay away from the stuff that's sacrificed to idols and the reason they're doing that is so that they don't give some kind of scandal and make it look to other Christians like it's okay to participate in that idol worship. Uh, so consuming the animal, you know, would have been a part of the idol worship. And so they say, okay, stay away from that altogether. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, behave sexually, stay away from unchastity. And that's all we're going to burden you with in terms of, of rules right now. Um, so that's, that's the one thing. Then in Romans, uh, but wait a minute, Paul's he writing... says
0: not eating strangled animals?
1: Because if you remember in the old Jewish law, um, one of the, the things that God was very strict about was that when you sacrificed an animal, you had to slice it open and let all the blood drain out. Yeah. And then you had you, the blood, you could never consume the blood because you, you would burn the animal and then the parts of it that were left, you would consume them. But you were never allowed to consume the blood. And so the blood, you had to strangle the animal. Sometimes you you catch the blood. Sometimes you had to sprinkle the blood on the altar. Sometimes you had to sprinkle the blood on people. Uh, sometimes for certain kinds of of um, consecrations, you 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 would put the blood on 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 their foreheads and their toes and stuff like that. I mean, there was all kinds of crazy stuff they did with blood, but the one thing you were not allowed to do was drink the blood of the animal. And a lot of the people around that area who engaged in idol worship, one of the things that they would do is strangle the animal to kill it for the uh, the idol sacrifice so that they could preserve the blood and drink the blood as part of their idol worship. Okay. And that's why they the the early Christians, even the Gentiles, said, okay, get away from that drinking blood stuff. Don't do that anymore if you were ever doing that.
0: Okay. So because it's a matter of association worship. more than yes, any kind of that law. Something from specific
1: God. about blood. Yeah, like for like these okay. days I mean if you like blood pudding, I can't imagine who would like blood pudding, but if you liked blood pudding you could <laughs> you could eat it. Yeah. Um okay. If You really want to drink okay. blood? You can drink blood. You, you can stay. Yeah, you're probably sick. If you kinda know, maybe weird, you see a psychiatrist whatever. or something, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Paul is writing to the Romans, and I, I have to admit this is kind of weak because there's some other ways to interpret this. But he writes, "One man esteems one day as better than another, while another man esteems all days alike. Let everyone be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes one day observes it in honor of the Lord." He who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while he who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. He's trying to tell them, look, you're all brothers in Christ. Stop trying to uh, place over each other your own concept of how you need to live that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of rituals... He's not talking about morality now. He's talking about rituals. And that's why he's saying, okay, one person might say, this is the day to honor the the Lord. Somebody else might say, okay, all the days are alike. Um, But in any case, he's saying, he's strictly telling them, don't impose the Jewish law or the Sabbath on each other. Yeah. Okay. The last one I have, which is even a little stronger, is um, the uh, letter to the Colossians um, in chapter 2, around verse um, 15, 16 or so. He says, uh, chapter 2, verse 16, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So in other words, he's writing to them and saying, look, don't let anyone, the Jews, the the Jewish priests or anyone, yeah. tell you that you have to follow the Jewish rituals. You are now part of the new creation in Christ, not part of the old law. You're not subject to the old law anymore.
0: Yeah, that was,
1: there was this huge, uh
0: I mean, it's obvious in the gospel, one of the things that Jesus is having to deal with is, They've got billions of these tiny little laws set up, and it's like if you don't do this, then you're not holy and it yeah and it kind of didn't matter what someone thought or what uh what else they did as long as they followed these little laws and it's something Jesus had to fight even though he did keep the laws um and then <laughs> so. It's really you one know, of the first battles that the apostles had to fight is saying, look, these old tiny little laws, which are, um, I mean, people complain about the Catholic laws and it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's nothing compared to what they'd had to do. And it's one of the first battles they had to fight. Don't get caught up in all these tiny little things. Um, now, of course, we, you still have to make laws and you still have to, uh, you know, days of fast and things like that. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with yeah. the church having and a day. You know, the of whole fasting.
1: idea of of a communal rhythm of life and a cadence. That's why we've got the liturgical seasons and um and everything. But you know, the the there was actually there were actually two levels of of these these laws. There was first of all the the authentic Jewish ritual law, which is the law of Moses um yeah that included a lot of rituals that that even up until jesus's time god expected the jews to follow but then there were the pharisees and others within the jewish priesthood who would take these laws and interpret them so for example the law says you shall not work on the sabbath and it goes into a little bit of detail well the pharisees Took that and said, okay, well, we, we gotta, we gotta draw the lines and let you know exactly when you're working and when you're not. So, for example, yeah. you can't help a poor person or like a sick person or something like that. And you can't walk more than X number of steps on the Sabbath. In fact, that's, um, there's a, a reference. I think it's, um, it's, it's when the apostles are watching Jesus, uh, ascend into heaven and then they're, they're going to head back into town and it says it was a Sabbath day's journey. What they mean is it was the amount of, it was close enough that you could walk that far and still not break the pharisaical interpretation of the Sabbath in terms of how many steps you're allowed to take. But nowhere in the law of Moses did it refer to a number of steps. These were, these were people interpreting them, interpreting the law of Moses and often coming up with, with interpretations for the sake of allowing them to take advantage of the people and to exercise power over the people. And that's right. why, you know, like when Jesus's apostles were grinding wheat, you know, uh, seeds um, between their fingers in order to eat them. And they got after them for doing work. And, yeah. you know, Jesus said, hey, you know, the Sabbath is made for the man, for man, not man for the Sabbath. And the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. It's like, hey, you know, don't talk to me about Do the Sabbath. He um, <laughs> um so
0: And you know, then, at this time in the church, it's not even the that alf- they're well, right. there are they had not come together okay. Making laws to say, all right, we, we need to fast and uh things like that. It is something that the church has to do. At this time, they hadn't come up with any kind of law whatsoever.
1: It was just practices, standard things. Hey, Jesus rose from the dead. Of course it's natural. We're going to meet and break bread on this day. Right. And, and I mean, the, 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 the laws such they, that they did have were admonitions like, hey, make sure that you uh, examine your consciences and your hearts and... Confess your sins before you go and break bread so that you can be pure. And eventually, and obviously, they did come they up with, confession.
0: say, days of fasting. Um, mm-hmm. But no. even when they came up with the... When the Catholic Church looks at something like a day of fasting, uh, it's not to us like... Uh, it's not God's commandment that we fast on Fridays. Oh, Right. Right. It's a, it's a, we don't understand it as, um, inherently evil to eat meat on Fridays. Um, it, it's, it's just a law passed by man and we understand it as a man's law. I, I think that's one right. thing that non-Catholics as- don't quite get. We don't think that it's God's law to, well, it used to be fast on Fridays, now it's just abstain from meat we don't think God commanded us to abstain from meat on Fridays. We understand that as the law of the church, not as the right. law of God. Right.
1: Now we submit to it in filial obedience, uh filial obedience, um, the church being the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. Um We see it as, as a good thing that the Holy Spirit inspires the church to command in order to build up the graces. Right. Um, Uh, Of participation in in the merits of the cross and so on and so forth. I mean, there's a a whole lot of theology behind even little things like that that you can dig into. Um, But no, that we don't see it as some kind of, of, um, of of divine, you know, divinely um, ordained aspect of how the universe works that on Fridays we gotta not eat meat or something like that.
0: Yeah. I was just clarifying that because we were getting into and the that's fact that uh, we were telling Jews, "Hey, you don't have to follow these old laws. They're not the laws anymore because they're not the lawmakers.
1: Right. We have a
0: new set of lawmakers, right. and as of yet, they hadn't they hadn't
1: really given us any laws." Yeah, eventually I mean, they I mean would. Saint, Saint Paul, you know, again and again, you know, says the law of of love in Jesus, um, and you know, uses words like that
0: mm-hmm, so uh, okay, so, so when did it become official?
1: You know that's that's a good
0: question. I mean I do it, not it was know something the answer they always did, right?
1: It was something that they sort of just did. It was something that they were um not in the sense of they were instructed to do even by the apostles, even though it it was you you would if you think of instruction. As something a little bit less um, than commanded, like like today, yeah. it's one of the commandments of the church that we have to observe Sunday and as as a holy day, and so on and so forth. Um, but it was clearly part of the instruction of the apostles. When it became an actual law or rule of the church, I don't know. Um, I've seen reference to like one of the councils in like 325 A.D. or something like that. Yeah. It was within the first few centuries. It, it's not something yeah. that, oh, this didn't actually become a thing until, you know, the Middle Ages or something like that. It wasn't like that.
0: You see weird arguments from uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and the uh, Mormons, um, not the Mormons, the Latter-day Saints, That mm-hmm. that... That Christians have always celebrated the Sabbath and not Sunday, the Lord's Day, and up
1: until I when it's <laughs> when kind of a they... weird.
0: I, I mean, how do you argue when someone says, "Okay, for centuries pe- and millennia, people have uh, God's real church have celebrated have kept the Sabbath and not the Lord's Day." and they always saw that as saturday and it's like well it's just something they always did and they might find one kind of obscure i don't know uh text from some guy in the 8th century who wrote it but how do you, what do you say when the over all of the literature points to us following the lord's day not the sabbath and yeah. i i never know I, I you can't prove a negative you can't prove that people didn't it's they make it no, really difficult thing. to even have anything to say to it.
1: The more there, there's, there is a kind of a a um, a sort of negative proof or a proof by lack uh, that you can engage in for things like that. So, so you, you take you know take a claim like that. Let's say, okay, yeah. let's, fine. Let, let's assume you're right. For centuries after the coming of Christ, the Christian church uh, observed the Sabbath and not a Sunday. Um, And so today, it's very clear that we all observe Sunday. At some point, there had to be a transition. And this transition was universal. Well, anytime the church deals with a change like that, it's controversial within the church and it generates documents and yeah. arguments and that kind of stuff and, and and anybody who's making that claim ought to be able to point to a period and say look here's where they were dealing with that question and where yeah. the old rule got overturned and the new rule got instituted and the fact that they can't i mean there is no such period in the church's history right um kind of demonstrates it, like i said in a negative way that the claim itself just isn't true. It doesn't hold any water. That's a good point. Okay,
0: do we have anything else on that subject? I don't.
1: I don't think we do. I mean, you know, the the, the catechism itself gives a good uh, summary of what we talked about in terms of the mm-hmm. reasons why Sunday, you know, works for Christians, why it's fitting for Christians to to worship on Sunday. Um, but I think we've kind of exhausted all of the demonstrations of, of you know, first of all, that even the apostles considered it their right to change this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even though it's part of the Ten Commandments, there's a moral component, but the selection of the particular day was clearly considered part of the law, the, the ritual law that could be done away with. Um, the fact that the earliest Christians considered the first day, not the Sabbath, not the last day, to be the special day for them to meet and worship, break bread. Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's much else to uh, yeah to say about it at this point. Okay, so I guess we will move on to news then.
0: So did you hear? Did you hear about this plane crash in Mississippi? Um. No. I guess a plane just Large kind of plane or, or crashed small, like into a, a house. Plane. No, it was a small plane. Okay. Uh, like a crop dust. Killed four of. people. Wow. Uh, it, it was a small plane and it just, it crashed. Um, it doesn't say what made it crash, uh, but people from around there are saying, well, the weather was terrible. There's no way a plane should have been flying around at that time.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. No, I didn't hear about that. That's, but, uh, was anyone? Uh, hurt? I mean, I'm assuming yeah. the pilot of the plane was killed. Was anyone hurt in the house? All it says
0: is that are four uh, fatalities, and so far they're not saying whether it was people in the home or people on the plane.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, interesting, tragic. So, yeah. Um, let's see. So, <laughs>
0: Facebook Oversight Board upholds the uh, ban on President Donald Trump. However, it calls for a review uh, in six months. You know, So, they're going to keep the ban on Donald Trump, but they're going to review their decision in six months. I, 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 need I should to find a way it, around it.
1: I should include it as a nonsense news, the yeah. mere fact that there is something called a Facebook overview board. The very yeah. existence of such a board... Is so stupid and nonsensical and farcical.
0: Yeah, and it's, I don't, it's, you know, someday we need to do a show about these kinds of things the the censorship that's coming from Facebook and Twitter and because I still every now and then hear dumb arguments like, well, this is a private company; they're allowed to. to to ban someone if they want to ban something. And and it's just, that's not the way it is anymore. But, um, you know, on the one hand, you would say it's almost become like a government agency in that it has an oversight board that sits around and has meetings about things they have no business having meetings about. On the other hand, uh, the Facebook oversight board is really just a... a,
1: It's a bunch of... It's just for show. It's a bunch of callow youths flexing their muscle with a bunch of newfound power that they don't know how to handle because they haven't lived long enough to acquire any wisdom.
0: Yeah, but ultimately there's only one or two guys who actually make the decision to ban Trump. Mm -hmm. And the board is nothing but a bunch of people who clap for them when they make the decision. That's all it is. thumbs up. Yeah, way to go. So, and I guess... That way, the blame is spread on the board instead of the CEO or other people who are actually in charge. But like, we, we really ought dumb. to do
1: a a, a, uh, a episode on on the you know the, the big tech problem. I agree, it's a problem. I am much yeah. more friendly than I think you are to the argument of as as a private company they they get to make the rules about their own. You know the the use of their own service, but at, at the you know I, I recognize the problems in that kind of response. We gotta ha- have a uh, a discussion about that, and 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 yeah, you know, there will be some points of view that that we'll disagree on. But I think by talking those out, it it may be valuable. Maybe we can come up with some decent insights on, on some of the stuff. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's make uh, a point to do that. Uh, Sometime in the next couple weeks. In the the next week or two. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh, So, uh, let's see. The SpaceX Starship SN 15 makes its first successful vertical landing. uh, Wow. Which it, it launched from Boca, China, Texas, and it climbed to a height of 10 kilometers.
1: Okay, is that and considered space? And then came
0: back down and landed vertical.
1: Landed vertically, so they didn't need a runway.
0: Right. I That's mean, this is neat. like
1: this is like space. This is sci-fi stuff, guys. I mean, Yeah, this is like I I mean, those of you who who may not be able to appreciate this, but I mean, this is like like watching Star Trek and stuff, like a shuttle landing. Right.
0: Yeah, it's this neat. is
1: really it's really, really cool stuff.
0: So, speaking of space, uh so the a China uh a China rocket, uh let's see, it would be Long March five B Y two rocket. Um okay. this is the main rocket for a specific um the payload was the main component of their new space station that they're building.
1: Wait, wait, China's so it goes building up and Russia's China building is,
0: one yeah. China's building a, a space station.
1: And Russia's building one, too. Yeah. Only China's okay. further
0: along behind it, I think. So they they plan to have one by 2022. Wow, um, that's
1: fast. That's like...
0: Yeah. Now. So they get... Their their main thrust rocket doesn't detach until it's up in space. Oh, um, wow. In orbit. Now, usually when that happens, the... You should have some kind of control so that once it starts its re-entry, it it would go say in an ocean or something. But right. this was unmanned or it, it was uncontrolled; it was out of control re-entry. Uh, it ended up in the Indian Ocean, but it didn't have to. It could have landed anywhere, it and landed it did actually. You know, a lot of it you know. burnt up, but not all of it, and. Uh, it, apparently so it China's kind of famous for doing this. They're not controlling their re-entries.
1: Splash. Okay. Yeah, they, and you it, know, this is Chinese math. It's like, okay, three quarters of the world is ocean anyway. Uh, we've got a 75% of a safe, uh, crash yeah. down. Let, let's just drop it and, you know, hope for the best.
0: And if it happens to land on, say, an island, uh, well, what's the big deal? I mean, or what are they going to do? Area. It's not like yeah, America. I mean, the odds of nobody's it actually landing gonna, in America are it. slim. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know they're they're building this thing and they're just letting their <laughs> giant payloads a, or their you rockets know the fact that um, down
1: the fact that they're anywhere. building a space station. I didn't realize that. This should this should bother a lot of people. Yeah, it should. Um, you know, right and, and in fact, this force. is this is exactly the kind of thing. This, this is where Biden needs to get out of the way and and hand Trump the presidency back and say, "Okay, you were the better man for the job; you should take over." And Trump should start working again and accelerate his his plans and ideas for a space force. Yeah, uh, and really develop it because back oh, I forget when it was exactly, but but there was a treaty that that the various. Uh, industrial nations um, all signed on to it. and my understanding is that everybody relevant to it signed on to it except for China basically saying okay because communications is so critical for a civilized world uh, we're all going to agree that satellites are off limits as targets of military weaponry Yeah, you're not allowed. We're not allowed to take down each other's satellites. We can bomb each other's military bases and so on and so forth here on the ground, but not the satellites. China is, my understanding is that China was the one nation that would not agree to that, would not sign on that treaty. So the fact that they're building their own space station,
0: I I think, to scare the hell out of us.
1: Yeah, I think a real space. Force. A military space force is quite relevant right now as something yeah. that America needs. But
0: we've got some doddering old fool who's <laughs> supposedly the president, but who's really running things is just in his head
1: than there is people in the solar system. Yeah, everything. Everyone's going crazy. So,
0: okay. um, so let's see. So, yeah, have you ever heard of Live Leak? Live it's kind leave. of a YouTube station, Is only like it's a completely WikiLeaks? uncensored.
1: So well, it's, it's uncensored like in the sense that, like, like YouTube, but uncensored. So, like, uncensored so that you can, like, say outrageous things, or uncensored, like, like they got porn and everything. You
0: know what? I don't or even both. know if it's got pornography or not. Uh, but it does have, like, uh, like when ISIL would execute people, um, oh, that's
1: where they would put their videos. That's what they would
0: use. And so it, it's, it's uncensored in that sense. I don't know okay. if there's a porn, I don't know if, I, I imagine pornography is on there, but I don't know. I've never heard of um, some live leak. Live leak. I remember when, um, what was it? The, the Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? There was like, guy... like going around the, from nightclub.
1: Uh, oh no, the guy who went no, to the, uh, he was in a hotel club, just right?
0: shooting at these.
1: No. The guy was who was in a hotel,
0: I don't know, the guy who was in a sh- hotel shooting down on a crowd of people at a concert, was that in Vegas?
1: You know what? When we can't remember which shootings took place where, there are far too many that's, mass shootings. That's sad, yeah. We need to encourage citizens to pack. These yeah. things would be well, cut down if people would just He hit like 60-something
0: people. It was a huge. Oh, man. Wow. No, but I anyway... Right after that, I thought I want to. I wanted. I was looking for videos. There's hundreds of people, thousands of people there, so there's Mm got to be a bunch of videos out there. But I kept seeing the same four videos over and over over over. and over again. So I ended up on I think Live Leak, and um, for I, I don't know. I I started looking at those videos, and it actually showed. A, a dead person on that video. And, um, Ooh, wow. it was really disturbing. disturbing. It was, it was very disturbing to the point where I got off of Live Leak and I wouldn't go back. But, um, that's the kind of things Live Leak would have. So generally, all those people in those crowds were filming that same event and, a, and probably a lot of those videos were pretty bad. Uh, YouTube cut them all out except for four or five videos. LiveLeak had those videos.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. By the way, I just the, typed it into Google and I'm reading, I'm reading I'm um, reading internet headlines that say that LiveLeak is dead.
0: Yeah. Okay. So they've, they've shut down.
1: Oh, was that the news?
0: That's the news. Yeah. Oh, okay. After 15 years, <laughs> they shut down. Some people think okay. they got paid off uh oh I don't know. you never know what these yeah. things but it, it was a non-censored uh, video site and it's most, of
1: the, um, most of the most um, of the headlines about it seem to bill it as as the the uncensored aspect of it is mostly uh, oriented around gore and violence stuff like that
0: yeah you know yeah
1: so okay
0: all right uh so let's see the there's that pipeline, the colonial pipeline apparently got hit with a cyber attack, uh shutting it down. This uh pipeline feeds 45% of the east coast fuel
1: and So okay, what this is something that I haven't bothered to go look up. Is this a pipeline carrying gasoline from a refinery to like a distribution center or is it carrying it oil is. to a refinery I
0: think it carries gasoline uh, okay you know what
1: to a distribution oh, center where then tankers would take it to the various gas stations and stuff like that because I was wondering because when people started talking about um oh fill up now you know it's like Okay, a pipeline? There's there's a delay between refinery and gas station. Yeah, a big delay. Why is everybody and, panicking? And it might not come at all. So, have you found anything about when it, you know, what, what the long-term effect is going to be? When's it going to be back up? That kind of stuff?
0: I, no, I didn't. But I, look, this stuff, this stuff happens, and then everybody goes nuts. Yeah. And then... And then they use – since – okay, so everybody decides I need to fill up my car right now. So there's this huge line to the gas stations. And obviously, the gas station only has so much gasoline, so they run out of gas. So then they report it, hey, they're out of gasoline in Virginia. And then everybody goes and gets more gasoline. And I don't –
1: this happens over
0: and over again. And I don't understand why people let themselves get – worked up by that. More this.
1: harm is caused by the panic than is caused by the original situation. It's exactly yeah. what happened with COVID. Yeah, definitely. And it
0: happened I remember in nine eleven. I'm trying to get home from Indianapolis and I just I, I needed gas, you know, I had only had a quarter of a tank left and I mm-hmm. pull over and I couldn't get gas anywhere. I just wow. barely made it home. Yeah but it is people act stupid. And it's like, okay, let's say gasoline was cut off. Let's say that's all the gasoline the whole eastern coast is going to have from here on in. For that yeah, one extra months. tank, how much is that really going to help
1: you? Yeah, is that going to help anyone? Now, I also want to say something about this. So so let's take your situation. Um one of the things that you often see when when there's panics like this is that, and, and I think a lot of states have laws that prevent this now. But but a couple times in the past, certain you know gas stations, gas station owners, they'd be like, "Whoa, boy, there's a gas panic. I'm going to triple the price of gas." Yeah, I saw Everybody that. Everybody gets down on them. But here's the thing: if all the gas state let's say nine eleven happened, and all the gas stations in Indiana had tripled quadrupled the price of gas you are needing to get home and and you did barely make it but you might not have made it yeah but you're going to a gas station and because the gas is four times more expensive let's say it's ten dollars a gallon now or fifteen dollars a gallon it's like well okay it's fifteen dollars a gallon to get just two gallons i need to spend 30 bucks but those two gallons are going to make the difference to me getting home or not. Yeah. Versus having to leave my car on the road, you'd be happy to to pay that. Yeah. I will. And and people get so down on these gas stations for gouging. that you know they they use the the yeah, verb well, gouging. You, but this is it simple economics sense and it helps. It 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 this helps supply in the long and demand. term. Exactly, and it helps make sure that it's there for the people who really need it.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, and, and they, the thing is, if you had a gas station, you decide, well, I'm just going to raise the price. Uh, people are down on it to the point where a lot of the people who saw that price go up will never go to you again. Oh, but it's like, yeah. you, go, so you can't do it. If you're a gas stationer, you really can't do it because it's yeah. going to hurt because that gas shortage is not going to last. It's, it's not a real shortage anyway. And right. you have to somehow convince these people to keep using your gas station. So you can't do it, but it, it's, it's dumb because the same people who are sitting in line just to fill up their cars, um, they're the ones causing the problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. It,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't, I don't see anything wrong with gouging as they call it. It's just mm-hmm. it, it's economics 101. Yeah. But Right, Vicki so, told me a story where Some lady Filled up a plastic bag With gasoline Tried to fill a plastic bag plastic That's gonna bag. melt <laughs> She, It was leaking everywhere But she tied the bag and put it in the back of her car And drove off
1: <laughs> You know what by the time she got home She just had yeah. a gasoline Soaked car yeah. Gasoline melts plastic
0: <laughs> People are dumb Oh gosh. Okay, so get this. I don't, I don't know about that. Okay, this bugs me. Um, so the whole genome study confirms the existence of four distinct species of giraffes. Okay. Corroborating the conclusions of a 2016 DNA study. So, um, at one time people thought giraffes were all a single species. Now they're saying okay. there's four species. Distinct species and seven subspecies. But that you can I do only not
1: identify through genomic analysis?
0: Yeah, I don't agree with with putting I don't agree with classifying species that way. Me neither. Because that's how they come up with saying, well, there's two different species of birds and and this is part of the whole evolution problem. Is that they call something a different species because they can classify it through the DNA. But those two animals can still mate, mate. And that means they're not a different species. Well, or even Now, they don't species, mate naturally in the wild, maybe, but they're not,
1: you know, a horse is still a horse. I mean, if they horse, can come it, up with, if they can come up with like a, a differentiating, like, oh, okay, these have, these tend to have spots, you know, like how, you know how giraffe spots look. Yeah. Well, these, these, these have spots that are, you know, tend to be twice as large as those, and that's how we can tell the two species apart, or something like that. But if the only thing you're using is the DNA to classify the species... This is where... Because I will argue that one species...
0: that I will argue that I, I do believe somewhat in evolution, but one species has never come out of another species... But then they say, "Yeah, it did." See right here; these are two different species, and it's like, "Well,
1: oh, but they're they're, using the the that's just how you're classifying them."
0: Yeah, that's not; they're not a different species. Those two animals, if you took that egg and that sperm, would make another animal. So it's not not only another animal,
1: but an animal that could breed with either of the either one of the other two. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the key point. Cause like a mule can't that's what, it all, for example.
0: Yeah. That's what bothers me about classifying animals with DNA. I don't think it yeah, should be done.
1: I don't, I don't think that's valid. But, you know, there's a deeper problem there too. Um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna use that as a classification rather than, I mean, let's say that the two, that the, the, I mean, it, it could be that the species of giraffe are only separated by geography. But if, and and if you if you allowed them to live in the same area, they would breed, in, in you know crossbreed. Yeah. Well, then okay, you, you really don't have that much basis for calling them species if you can't tell the difference by looking at them in some way, you know. But well, they they
0: do list them. They do look different slightly. Okay. I mean, okay, not so, a, not
1: a whole lot different, but so that would be the basis. But the thing is, that would be like like dog breeds, for example. We we don't yeah. say that that you know e- even as different as they are a pomeranian is not a different species from a great pyrenees right um they're just different breeds you, you they might just look call just subspecies yeah. they're but you know it'd like so it'd that be like calling black
0: track. people and chinese people a different species you can't well, do that's that where I was it's not go. a different if gonna,
1: species if you're going to identify species just based strictly on on dna analysis you're going to start calling different humans different species. You know, groups of humans as different species. But here's the thing. I, I suspect that there are scientists out in the world today, evolutionary scientists maybe, who really do want to do that. Who see that as legitimate science to classify the human race into species. Say, so oh, you're part of this species, you're part of that species to encourage people not to intermix
0: you know the thing is I I mean it's such a it's such a cliche nowadays you have to follow the science you have to listen to the science if you're going to do that follow it all the way especially when it's this science because this is not real science but then take that to the logical conclusion the logical conclusion is that white people should not be breeding with black people because we're two different species
1: yeah, according yeah. If, uh, to okay. this way of if, doing it if you're going to do that if that's what you're going to call species then exactly that. that's uh and then you realize oh wait a minute that's not the science I want to follow <laughs> um
0: Chesterton, I don't remember what it was from, but I remember reading it a long time ago about the, uh, the three-toed her- horse versus the one-toed horse. His point was that it's still a horse. You oh, can't call right. it something different. It's still a horse, and a horse is a horse. Mm-hmm. And of it course, may have course. evolved as a horse, but it's still a horse. It's still the same animal it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so are giraffes. Right. And a giraffe is not a dog or a parrot or anything else. It's a giraffe and that's one species. But okay. So that I mean whoever's controlling uh the way we classify animals nowadays into different species uh is able to do it just with DNA and that's how they do it nowadays and that's why they're able to say all these different species came out of one species but it's really mm-hmm. as far as I'm it's, concerned all the same species or just yeah a, a species uh. this is <laughs> this is a created argument for evolution because the real argument for uh, macro evolution just isn't there mm-hmm. and it never will be and classifying these as different species will not make it there right. oh well that's another one we we've never talked about yeah, to, or on, talk a, about on it a full show sometime mm-hmm. um, so President Biden declares a state of emergency because of the gas and stuff I don't I don't even know what that means I'm not even going to call that yeah, what's, gonna, what's a a state that of news.
1: emergency what does that mean Is that it means there's long lines at the gas
0: station yeah he's an but, idiot I mean
1: Maybe it means that, that states can, but states could always deploy, like if they needed to deploy the National Guard to keep peace or something like that, make sure people yeah in lines don't start turning violent or something. Um, don't need Biden for that. States could always do that. We don't need the president for that. Maybe it just means loaded. that the National Guard can get money from the federal government for those deployments or something.
0: Yeah, it, anytime anything happens and somebody says it's a state of emergency, it's got something to do with money, It's like where money goes yeah, and how that's, money gets that, there. I think
1: that's all it is, is it, it allows money to flow. So,
0: here's something. I guess there was a Saturday Night Live bit about Dodgecoin. Okay. And the digital currency, kind of like Bitcoin, but not Bitcoin started to uh drop. The value of it started to drop. Okay. So Elon Musk comes out and announces that his company will accept that um currency. But I don't understand what this means. But he's saying they will they will accept it as payment for the Dodge one mission to the moon.
1: Okay, so you can use this Cryptocurrency and pay it to Elon Musk's company to buy a ticket on. But I don't think you're buying a
0: ticket. You're not. You can't buy a ticket to the moon. You can't buy. I don't understand what he means.
1: That, hey, we're going to build a. I I thought his project was we're going to build a trip to the moon and people now could buy advanced tickets for it. Hold on. What? I don't know what he means
0: by his company will accept that cryptocurrency as payment for a dodge one mission to the moon i don't think you can just buy a, a buy a seat on i don't know what he means here and then he says that they are going to when they get to the moon um they will they will have cryptocurrency on that moon on that mission that
1: oh I don't, oh oh oh, oh. Okay. they will deliver they're launching, to the moon. They're, they're launching a mission to the moon. Uh, people can buy payload space. It's not not for passengers, but you oh. can buy payload space. Like, you want to, okay, wait, I want to get, I, I've got an experiment I want to do. I want some instruments taken up and placed on the moon. Okay. you can buy payload space for that they're accepting, is it called Dogecoin or Dogecoin, it's D O G E. would pronounce that it's Doge it's
0: D-O-G-E, you say, I can't. we could call it Doge I, I have no idea <laughs> okay But <laughs> okay, well, anyway so, so
1: he's ex- accepting Dogecoin for payload space on the flight to the moon okay, I
0: think it, it basically to inflate the price, and then Vicky's saying mm-hmm. now that he's saying he won't no Okay, they also stopped accepting Bitcoin. I think what all this boils down to is he's trying to compete with Bitcoin. I think that that's what this is really about. I don't think it's so, going to work for him. Because how name, many people name of it really is, want to rent space Since the name is a? Dogecoin,
1: it sounds like it's a cryptocurrency that was invented or uh, established by him. Is that is that right? I don't know if it was or not. Uh... Okay. No, it was in it was created by an IBM, an IBM software engineer.
0: Okay. Well, it's uh, okay. I'll I'll bet he has a bunch of it and he's trying oh, okay, to Okay, wait a
1: minute, promote it. Here's a uh, Wall Street Journal article how to say it. I like calling it Dodgecoin. I enjoy that. <laughs> uh, blah blah blah. Look, it's not going anywhere. How do you pronounce it? He says, the correct pronunciation is D-O-H-J. So would you call that Dodge or Doge? I, don't I still don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it matters. Dodge coin. That's
0: another fine. thing we could do a show about is uh, uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And I don't know. Oh, Everybody yeah. did a show about Bitcoin like a year or two ago. And we didn't because I didn't quite understand it. But finally, I took a Saturday... To sit and really look at it and study it. And um, now that I understand it, I'm not really all that impressed with it. Um,
1: me neither. It's like, okay, uh, it's never going to become a. I don't. A, a, it's never going to nah, be yeah. something that could be a nation's currency. Right. It's always going to be this sort of out there esoteric. You'll have a few people who accept it as payment. And and so it'll have a little bit of currency value, but mostly yeah. it's just going to be out there for people who want to speculate that the exchange rate between it and other currencies is going to go up or down. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We should we should do a show where we actually explain it and what it is and how it works.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. So Ukrainian scientists are reporting that, and they don't know why uh, there's some nuclear radiation increase. In the Chernobyl remains. Oh, really? And they're 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 not real sure why.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah, which I I I don't know. Maybe there was like a a, a some of the fuel maybe hadn't been gotten to yet, hadn't been, and, it,
1: and something decayed and allowed it to start. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling it's something like that. Because they were never huh. honest with us about everything from the very start. So
1: That's true. I mean, the whole place is still shrouded in, in some mystery. Yeah.
0: There, there may have been like a whole other room full of junk that they didn't tell us about. Yeah. So, um, that is all I got.
1: Okay. Well, I have some nonsense news. Uh, first of all, you know, it's kind of funny we were just um, talking about um, Elon Musk and I have kind a, of a joke. Yeah, California Tesla driver is arrested while riding in the back seat. Uh, I guess in Calif I guess part of the so whole this Tesla thing like a self-driving car is yeah, they're they're building some of the cars for self <laughs> Some of them are just sort of uh, autopilot, like you're on the expressway. It's like, okay, I'm just going to be on this, you know, like if if I'm going from, um, you know, Indianapolis to Dayton on I-70, and it's just going to be a bunch of trucks that I'm, you know, stuck behind or passing or whatever, and I know I'm not going to have to get off. I'll just put it in autopilot mode, and I'll let it, you know, drive itself and manage that for me. Until I decide that, oh, I want to get off at that exit or something like that. Or I have to go to the bathroom or whatever.
0: So a guy was doing that and climbed in the back seat. He decided,
1: well, it could have been that. Or I guess I guess Tesla allows a certain number of their customers, like a select few, to actually buy what are called full self-driving cars that I guess maybe navigate even on city streets or whatever. Um, um, but But it's not clear whether this guy's car was, was the one kind or the other, but apparently he was in the back seat. People were calling nine one one to report, Hey, there's a guy driving down the highway in the back seat. (laughs) And the cops (laughs) flashed the lights, pulled him over. He climbed into the front seat and they gave him a ticket for reckless driving. Now, um, he may say, Hey, I don't think it's reckless. Uh, Tesla's pretty good about this stuff, but Tesla says, if you're going to use these modes, right now they're experimental. You have to be ready to immediately take control back over the car. Yeah. Um, so, no, you can't climb into the back seat. And there have been several deaths because of people using these modes and not being ready to take back control of the car. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it makes sense to be. It's just that we're not ready for it yet. Yeah. I I've mean, seen... for, for
1: those... Who are I've seen computers to... freeze up
0: way too easily.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what operating system are you going to run on your self-driving car computer? Are you going to put Windows on there? And uh...
0: <laughs> if you're in the technology business, then you understand that the blue screen of death can come to pretty much any machine, any computer, anywhere. It happens. That's right. That's right. Even so. all the expensive Google uh, servers out there. They have a whole bunch of them because now and then some of them go down.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, next. Uh, So you ever wonder about those those surveys? I don't know if you've ever read old surveys where like they refer to a tree or something like that. Hold on. What? It's
0: dog e coin. Doggy coin. It's doggy
1: coin. Doggy coin, that, that, is, that is Because that it's a dog oh, The logo a has really? a dog Oh, okay I never picked that, I didn't even see dog the logo Dog e-coin a logo. Dog e-coin, so it's an e-coin Electronic, but it's dog Doggy coin
0: Yeah <laughs> Now you know Doggy coin
1: <laughs> Now you know, okay, well
0: <laughs> But I, some people still call it dog coin And dodge coin and Dogecoin.
1: Doge coin. There's got to be somebody out there that calls it Dogecoin.
0: I think the correct
1: way to say it would be doggy coin. Doggy coin. Well, that makes the most sense. Okay, got it. And it's probably a dog just like all the other e-coins, so... Yeah. Okay. Um, so, do you ever wonder about those surveys, if, if you ever read old land surveys... Um, if you ever do any genealogy research where you're climbing around court, old courthouses and looking at old records, no, you may come I've across it. And There's a there might be a, a survey where survey. somebody's like going to buy land, and, and the land that he's buying, you know, uh, the property line goes along the creek up to a certain uh, tree that's growing on the edge of the creek, and then extends in such a direction until it meets with a certain rock, and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, a, a Belgian farmer, um, was, you know, he's doing his field and, and there's a particular rock that's stuck in his field, uh, and it, 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 it's just in the way of his tractor, the way he needs to do to manage his, his, uh, field. So he moved the stone. He moved it seven and a half feet. And by doing so, <laughs> Apparently, he made France smaller and Belgium bigger.
0: France was... Uh,
1: Fra- I guess the boundary between okay, France and Belgium yeah. was officially defined by this stone that was in this farmer's field that he moved out of the way. Seven and a he half
0: feet. He could have taken it. He should have <laughs> taken it in like seven and a half miles. I know. Hmm. I now own a huge chunk of France. Well, what about what about things like that that are defined by rivers and rivers? I know because rivers course. change course. Does that
1: exactly. become
0: the new part of the state? I mean, it happens in states, and I guess it happens in what it between Mexico no. and uh, the America. If if the Rio Grande suddenly cuts in a different direction, does that become us? Is the Rio Grande
1: considered the bound the the boundary. I didn't know. If, I didn't know it was. But I thought part of it's it was parts of it. It might be, yeah. yeah that's that's one of the no. Thing. Maybe or, I'm know, wrong. One of the, Not the real I don't of know. Modern surveyors is to go into a county or a township. Usually, it's it's within a township, mm-hmm. and um, their their job is is to establish like markers, cornerstones, and stuff like that that they set in the ground for the purpose of of marking and and then they. Um, so survey so. the boundaries and then section off the townships and establish markers there so that people who own land can describe the land relative to those various markers. Yeah. And part of the job of them is to always go back and, and remeasure and make sure that they're in the same place and they, and that they haven't moved. And yeah. this, um, this land that I just recently bought, I went back and found the various markers along the back parts of the property. And they're just, you know, those, those, um, like s- uh, steel, not, not like rebar, but, but kind of like rebar, except it's more like an, more like a T beam or an I beam shape, but, you know, maybe an inch yeah. thick or whatever. Anyway, um, that was kind of like hammered into the ground and you could see where it was like, this is the one that's marked recently, and you can see another mm-hmm. one like about a foot from it. That's that's kind of old and, and rusted away, and it's like, oh wow, I could see like they had to renew it and put a new one in because the old one moved at some point, and the county surveyor, you know, detected that and yeah. had to update it. And so, it, it you know, I guess that I guess establishing a fixed position for landmark or for land surveys and, and boundaries and stuff, that's a real problem. And, and it's, um, it's not a, it's a labor intensive problem. I guess no matter where you live, it's a labor intensive problem to make sure that you always have that in place. Right. Okay. So if you find a strange rock in your field, you might want to talk to some local officials before you move it out of your way. <laughs> you or move it and then say, no, this has always been part of my
0: yard. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Steal your neighbor's property. Well, it's one thing to, to
1: steal your neighbor's property, but if you're if you're, you're changing the boundary of an entire country. <laughs>
0: yeah. So are they going to okay. recognize it? Is France going to recognize it?
1: I think they're going to move it back. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Alright, uh, speaking of boundary uh, disputes, <clears throat> this is another one of those uh, I would just classify under the heading of Pure pure Michigan. You remember the, the Pure Michigan uh, ad campaign or whatever they had for a while? And if you drive into Michigan, I think it still says that on the signs, like where you're driving into the state, it says Pure Michigan.
0: No, I don't even know what you're talking about.
1: Okay, well, it was you know, like you know how, how states will have commercials that try to get you to come to that state for various vacations and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, Michigan does theirs and their tagline is pure Michigan. Uh, kind okay. of like, in, you know, cause they, they've got all the lakes up there and everything. And there's this sense of purity and nature and stuff like that. And so pure Michigan. And, uh, while Terry and I once were, were up there, uh, she was driving back. She, she stopped at a gas station needing to go to the bathroom off the interstate. She stopped at this gas station, and she said, you have a restroom? And he kind of looked uncomfortable. He said, well, there's an outhouse in the back. You can use that. <laughs> and I, I wrote that up on, like, uh, on Facebook or whatever it is, and then I said underneath it, pure Michigan. Uh, now we have a story. Uh, a Michigan man, The I'll just read you the headline. Michigan man builds poop wall after dispute with neighbor. Uh, I guess he had a wall. dispute... With, with his neighbor, and I don't know who won the dispute, uh, but however it worked out, the, this is like farmland, and he decided, okay, I'm going to demark the boundary between our lands with a 250-foot line of manure, cow manure. Okay. So how would you like so this to, is... to write that survey report? <laughs>
0: yeah. So this or is a, be a, a neighbor angry at someone who's like, fine, I can do whatever I want with my land. I'm going to line it with poop. <laughs> poop, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I, wow. What, what else could you say? Pure Michigan. <laughs> yeah.
0: These are two guys who just did not get
1: along. <laughs> well, That's you know, the neighbor what, what poet, from hell. What poet was it that made, you know, he, he had the... Uh, um, the poem about where the guy kept saying "Good walls make good neighbors."
0: Oh yeah, so I, I don't know uh, if this counts as a good, good wall walls or not. Make good neighbors. Yeah. Bad walls make bad neighbors. I
1: guess. Poop Is walls this a make bad wall? really bad neighbors. <laughs> and maybe maybe bad neighbors make bad walls. <laughs>
0: bad ma- bad neighbors make bad walls, and really bad neighbors make poop walls.
1: Make poop walls. <laughs>
0: Jeez. That's
1: terrible. <laughs> that is so weird. That is a weird. Okay. Point. All right. Last two. My next two are uh, actually fishing. Uh, fishing ones. So. Yeah. That's that's a cool thing. So so first this is this is weird. Fisherman quits on the spot. Uh, he's when an absolute nightmare emerges from the water. So I guess he's fishing down in the Everglades. Can you guess what the nightmare is? Uh, alligator. That's it, and they've got a video and everything. Video uh, Alligator comes out of the water, and he's like, What's he's got a come fish, you him? can see him. What's that? Does it come after him, or? <laughs> well, I don't know whether it was going to co- I guess it's, it's uh, during the breeding time. Mm-hmm. And so, he, you know, for whatever uh, reason, the alligator came out, and the guy's like, I guess, fortunately, the alligator didn't come after him. Yeah, they see it. You, you, he's got the video, and he sees the alligator coming out, and he's like, forget this. I'm out of here. And I guess he must have been carrying a camcorder or just, like, trying to hold on to his phone while it was... I, I don't know why. Here's here's the thing. I don't know. Let's say you're fishing, okay? You you like to fish. Yeah. Would you ever just, like, while you're fishing, take out your phone and, and record your fishing?
0: If... If I had hooked something, I thought. I mean, you might take a thought, picture of the fish. I I've got a really. If someone was with me, and I wanted to show, hey, I caught this fish. Here, yeah. film me reeling it in, because sometimes so, okay. it's a. I mean, for bigger fish, it's a it's a bit of a deal to actually land one. You know, once they hook on, it's like sometimes it takes oh, like an fight, hour just to the fight, fight them with in. The fish.
1: Can can, yeah, can be a. But
0: I always wondered about that. When you're down there, I mean, if you're using test line that's like 200 pound test line, and you catch an alligator, what exactly happens there?
1: Well, he didn't catch the alligator. It just came out of the water while he was fishing. Oh, it just came at him. Okay,
0: and 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 eventually, so so it
1: kind of followed him out into the woods a little bit, and and he like. He got a certain distance away and waited, uh, cause I think a man can outrun an alligator, it, you know, it's not yeah, like I the alligator's can. gonna catch up with you. But he, he kind of waited, the alligator didn't come, so he kind of peeked around back the, in the, the trail and saw that the alligator was heading back into the water. So he, he watched it back into the water and then he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so what do you do
0: if you catch an alligator though? If you actually, I mean, if you're what? fishing, I have no idea. And they, and they, they eat a hook, and it lodges you know, into that's, their system, and you—that's
1: why you've got to that? have you got to have a knife there, right? I mean, if if you're yeah. fishing in the Everglades, you've got to have a knife to cut your line if you need. to. Yeah, I, I guess you know.
0: So what happens to that alligator? Is it? I wonder if it, it just—it it just went or... back
1: in the water. Oh, if you—you you mean if you catch one, you got a giant hook in in its mouth now. I bet. They have ways because like, you know, let's say you get a giant splinter in your arm. Your your body has ways of getting rid of that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know if you catch fish and you, if you, if you've lost the hook because it's down inside it and you cut it,
1: the oh, fish lives, yeah, generally. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and the fish will find some way, yeah, its body will either learn to deal with it or get rid of it somehow.
0: Yeah. I guess maybe alligators do the same thing because I never hear about someone accidentally catching an alligator, but it's got to happen sometimes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Last one. So, okay, this is kind of interesting. I, you know, I, I, something Jake would say is meta. Um, so, we're talking about fish. We were just talking about fishing, um, but you've heard of an anglerfish, right? Oh, what? Anglerfish? Like a fish that you angler for, well, instead of not, no, because well, you know you what angling mean, is. when you, you go know, angling a, a style of fishing, right? Well, there are fish who live in the deep, deep ocean that part of their body emits a like a, a light. Oh, okay. And they yeah they lure other fish in and then eat them, and they're called angler fish, and okay, they're the I didn't ugly. Know that. I mean, they're super ugly, um, yeah. and weird looking. Well, one of them washed up on the shore. Oh, neat! In uh, Crystal Cove State Park in Orange County, California, this past Friday, cool. they've got pictures of it laying on the beach. It is really cool. The thing is, I thought these things lived so deep in the ocean that if they came out of the depth of the ocean, they exploded. But apparently, not. That's what got, I thought. They've got a few pictures of it, and you can see the little the little thing with that that has the the parts that light up and got the big mouth. How I big don't see is anything. It? Well, that's the, that's the question. I don't, or I don't see anything there that gives a sense of scale. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, it it is really cool to look. I mean, the the picture itself is, is, is got a, he's got like three or four pictures, but it's got a good angle. Um, Okay. And, uh, you know, it's like, and and man, the teeth on this thing, it's, it's like every bit as scary as you see in, in the, uh, you know,
0: yeah and all the drawings drawings they very rarely have real
1: photos of them yeah but this one and it's just laying there on the beach it's like wow that is is really neat okay we'll put all that those pictures and videos in the
0: show notes
1: yes and in fact I'm gonna go ahead and uh, because I've got uh, notes on the bible verses and stuff too so I'm gonna pop this into an email to you to add okay
0: I cannot think of any stories for any of the nonsense uh, news items because my my wit is worn down after a hard week at work. So uh, normally I'd have some funny things to say. I just, oh, but yeah, almost. I don't have anything today. I bring
1: stuff up. You've got anecdotes to and stories to yeah, tell. Yeah, and that's, I, that's I I've got nothing today. I'm I'm just worn okay. out. Mentally. You know what? We're, that's okay we've got over an hour and a half um yeah and and i think this this was a good good show i think we did a good job on the on the main topic of the show too yeah so. well folks
0: uh think about what we said and uh as always circle the beads keep praying and uh we'll see you next week bye everyone